Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. C, Hey, dimly lit room, deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And today, Tuesday, we're under the tutelage of our general manager, the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And why is the Supreme Court the general manager today? Uh, they have uh, issued a couple of really intriguing rulings, and the big headline yesterday was they've agreed to take on a Mississippi abortion law case. So fire up your your placard making equipment and your your loudest followers and head to the steps of the Supreme Court and scream half truths. Awesome! Enjoying the music today. It's really putting me in the mood, Michael. Huh? Listen to that band. They're tight. Listen to that horn section. Bada. Man, they're tight. Hmm. Is there anybody playing that sort of music these days? Probably somewhere. I think like. Your Harry Connick's and that kind of person. They have their, sure, their yeah. bands get going like that, don't they? I feel like of all the instruments that took the hardest hit during the COVID era, your horn section's got to be the, the <laughs> hardest ones, right? You're you're oh, yeah. you're actively blowing through a, an amplifier. Please, there's spit flying everywhere, clouds of disease. Um, <laughs> I see a horn section. I watch them like. Well, I don't know what it's called, but drain the little saliva catcher thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's very gross. Yeah, if you're standing in one spot as a trumpet player, which I was, uh, you end up with a big puddle of spit at, the, <laughs> at your feet. <laughs> it's gross. So gross. Uh, before we get to the important stuff, um, I uh, I didn't hear yesterday's show because I was quite ill uh, Sunday night and yesterday. I, I spent at least 24 hours in bed. Um Yikes. I feel pretty much fine now, but... Uh, well, that's, that's weird in and of itself, you know? To feel that bad and then bounce back largely? I wonder what happened. Well, I was talking to a doctor last night, not in a in a, an official sense, just a guy I know who's a doctor. Mm-hmm. And it came up. I'm friends with this guy who's a doctor. I never ask about doctor stuff. It just mm-hmm. seems uncool to me. So I never say, hey, what do you think of this? My son's got a rash. I just I never do that because... Right, because uh, you're classy. Everybody says that about you. Anyway, he's a regular listener and wanted to know where I was, and I told him what uh, was going on. And I said, I hope I didn't give it to anybody, because um, we were in a, a little group uh, last evening. And he said, no, 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 no. What you had is never airborne. He said, something you ate. Because um, I was uh, just bent over in stomach pain. Uh, of uh, well, What's the best way to put this so it doesn't... Uh, just say both ends and move along. Both ends and move along. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> And for, a sick and for like for like eight hours of that, and I was just uh, wiped out by that, and just shivers like my whole body shuddering with shaking oh. stuff like that. So it was a he said it's something you ate, and I thought really you can get that sick from something you j- you ate just right. And I went through the things I ate, and the only thing I ate really that could that's possibly a culprit. And and I hate to say this because we've come to their defense so many times. Oh my! And I'm not saying I know this is the case. Oh it's my. just uh, Arby's. Oh, wait a minute now. Careful, Conan. Who was was always making fun of Arby's? Conan always makes fun of Arby's. The Simpsons make fun of Arby's, which was probably Conan writing the jokes. Right. That's fair. fair. (laughs) Right. Wow. I don't just... I I love Arby's. 
But I think I think I think it cost me a day of work. I know you sent him a bill for one thirty three hundred sixty fifth of my salary. Yes, you sh- well, you should. I, I know you left the those uh, scallops in your trunk accidentally for three days, <laughs> then cooked them up. But uh, I hope don't think it's that. <laughs> yeah, boy, if that's the case, I got. If you can get that sick from just like a meal somewhere, I got I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, I remember back in the nineties when you about died. Yeah, but from I, some sort of something or other in Charlotte. I, yeah, but I left like I left food on the counter all night and then ate it. I mean, there was you know there was blame to be to, to be assigned. Right. Sure. Yeah. And, yeah. I get uh, that, that, obvious that, points of failure. Yeah. The, exactly. The green meatloaf you ate. Yeah. But there wasn't. Sure. Um. Uh, yeah, I ate some stuff with a cream sauce on the counter overnight and then ate it. And man, <laughs> oh man, it was it was about like I was, um, night before last. Very similar. And man, oh man, that's a bad thing. Um. <laughs> so anyway. Uh, And I want to catch up on some of the stuff you talked about yesterday. But the Supreme Court thing, you think, do I understand correctly that this case that they decided to take up might get into, just like they've, whoa, this could be a heck of a session. So they took up a gun case a week or so ago that is going to get into the very nature of what the hell does the Second Amendment mean? Right. What do they mean? Militia, right to bear arms, all that stuff people have been arguing about forever the Supreme Court's finally going to argue that. The same thing's going to happen with abortion? There is definitely potential for that. We'll dig in a little bit deeper later on, but it is believed that the soups could say, look, now that we look at Roe versus Wade, as if we haven't been looking at it since the day it was passed, uh, it's, it's really flimsy legal reasoning and does not stand up to scrutiny. And here's the brand new standard. It is possible, which is why you are going to get uh, you know, overwrought advocates on all sides uh, screaming half truths from the steps of the Supreme Court building. Well, that's uh, definitely that, if they if they get to the root of uh, the Second Amendment and abortion, that'll be a heck of a session. Full on abortion freakout. I mean, going to make the uh, the uh, what do you call it? The, the Kavanaugh hearings seem calm and reasonable, right? With the with I assume people saying, uh, but but what's what's the arguing in uh, p- politically speaking? What would the arguing arguing be? It's going to be before the next election, so it's got nothing to do with, you know, this president will appoint the justice that blah blah blah. Oh, it's just going to be essentially that uh, conservatives, Republicans want you in a back alley with a coat hanger. Pardon right. the graphic nature of that, but you will be hearing that that uh, conservatives oppress women, no rights, blah blah blah. It'll just be a general rallying cry. There will be zillions of dollars raised on both sides. So we'll talk about that. Also, I assume you guys talked some about uh, Israel yesterday. The thing that's standing out to me, and we need to get into a little bit, uh, I guess, is a. Uh, Every time I hear this is the worst fighting since 2014, do they think they're making it sound worse? To me, it sounds better when they say this is the worst fighting since 2014. And I think I barely remember that. I'll barely remember this. They do this every few years. It starts out of nowhere. It ends out of nowhere. It it does seem to go in cycles. But the thing that I heard that did get my attention is the fighting that's happening in villages and towns all around Israel between Jews and Arabs that have lived together more or less peacefully forever and now all of a sudden are beating each other to death in the just regular little towns. This is unprecedented. This right. has not happened before. 
It's sickening. It's crazy. Now, if you're a fan of history, it reminds me a great deal of the partitioning of India and Pakistan, where lifelong friends, intermarried families in some cases, started beating each other to death and slashing each other with knives over identity politics. Yeah, now this is new and is a big deal, and, and something I've never seen before. So, man, that's worth talking about and taking a look at. Anyway, it's teamwork that makes the dream work. There's our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? I'm doing okay. Um, you know, some areas they still have masks, some don't. But where I am the at... The places that make you still wear masks. God dang it. Can you walk into them with a big laminated statement from the CDC and say, look, this is your own federal government that I assume you're in love with. Um, uh, this is what they say. Anyway, back to you, Michael. Well, anyway, so I'm vaccinated, so I'd like to not have to wear a mask. But if I Me have too. to, I'm thinking what I'm going to do is I'm going to make the smallest mask possible to get away with. I'm thinking of taking an eye patch and just putting it over my mouth. Just just enough to cover my, the mouth opening and maybe taking like something that swimmers use and, and plug your nose with it. So it's not even a mask. It's like a nose plug and an eye patch over your mouth. Just so kind of a uh, honeymoon lingerie style face mask. Barely covers barely anything. Barely covers anything, you know? Yeah. Just enough yeah. to... Get in the store. I got a little lecture from the uh, manager at a uh, Red Robin restaurant for not having my mask on when I left my table the other day. Uh, I went to to go ask a question. Hey, did that coffee get made yet? Because I ordered some coffee. and uh, You need to have a mask on when you're uh, out in the general part of the restaurant, please. You need to have a mask on. Yes, mask, sir. You need to have a mask, sir. So I walked six feet back to my booth where I can have my mask off and then said, can I have my coffee? But. And this is a fully vaccinated person with the CDC having said, you don't need to wear a mask anywhere. Right. Anyway. Right. Well, um, please, we'll be dealing with this for months. Uh, so did you talk about that David Hogg kid uh, who was, uh, you know, he's the kid that was at the school that got shot up and has become an activist? Yeah. No, he um, didn't, actually. But he uh, he tweeted out, Can, I need to wear a T-shirt that says I'm not a conservative if I'm not going to wear a mask. He said it makes me uncomfortable to be going out without a mask. I want sure. to make sure I wear a T-shirt that says I'm not a conservative. The The idea that this has become a statement of politics seems so crazy to me. You know, I hate to be contemptuous and superior, because that's how I come off sometimes, and I'm really not. But human beings are stupid. Wow. They can't be trusted with anything. Humans are a step above cattle, but it's a small one. Well, the, the, the amount of stupidity and or willful blindness that we've all observed through this whole COVID nightmare. It, I mean, the, the disease was something. And if you lost somebody, God bless you, you have my full sympathy, and I mean that. But the the disappointing performance by humanity is my big takeaway from this. I saw a couple last night out for a walk outdoors. Looked like a married couple, both wearing masks. I You're don't, freaking idiots. I don't think, if you didn't have your mask on, I wouldn't think, well, there's some conservatives. I would think there's some people that understand science. And when yeah. you have your masks on, I think there's some people that either just don't follow the news or are dumb or possibly have an immune deficiency. But I'm guessing it's the the political angle of it. If I just, I just can't, I just can't be part of the Trump crowd. Take my mask off, even if it makes no sense. So I'm not judging your politics. I'm judging your, your, your intelligence. All right. And, and or your, your desire to just slavishly show off what tribe you're in. Oh, I don't care God. if other people wear masks. That doesn't really bother me, but don't make me wear mine. All right. Oh, sure. Uh, there's yeah. positive Sean whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Uh, doing okay. Was uh, d- taking apart some furniture uh, yesterday and and jammed one of my thumbs. And uh, taking apart furniture, not putting it together. No, no, taking hmm. it apart. No, okay. No. Um, and it's uh, like a prank. <laughs> no, no, as a uh, as a dumpster uh, fitting gotcha. in uh, maneuver. Um, 
And uh, and so I jammed one of my thumbs. It's a little bit swollen, and I'm always fascinated when you just slightly hurt one of your fingers to the uh, to the point where it's not like incapacitated. How often you'd be like, ah, oh, oh, wait, no, I need that to lock the door or open open a handle or just all that hold a uh, glass of water. All of a sudden is now ah, ah oh, never mind. Never As mind. I've explained to my kids, that's where the old saying "sticks out like a sore thumb" comes from. You have a sore finger, and it seems like you're constantly using it or banging it on something or whatever. I never made that connection before. Yeah, that's exactly what it means, and it, it is weird, isn't it? You have a heart finger, and all of a sudden, it just seems like it's the focus of everything. Anyway, yeah. So I almost called in sick today, but I, <laughs> I soldiered on. Way, way to go, tough just guy. Just donated Arby's. <laughs> oh, don't, right. don't, don't. Hey, they have attorneys and high-quality standards. That sandwich was so good. It was so good. It can't be the culprit. There's no way. I didn't eat anything else. <laughs> but it can't be the reason. Uh, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday, May 18th, the year 2020, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Now, I know you occasionally, when you're thirsty, you get on your hands and knees and lap rainwater out of puddles. I drink out of puddles. Doesn't everybody sure. drink out of puddles? <laughs> well, some do. All right, let's begin the show officially now, according to FCC rules and regs at Mark. I was struck by this headline. Hugs are coming back. Not everyone is thrilled. For instance, everyone who works for Governor Cuomo. <laughs> yeah, I'm not thrilled that hugs are coming back. I was already hugging the people that I want to hug throughout the whole thing. Right. Uh, the the randos who feel hugging is a way to greet people. Eh, I could live without that the rest of my life. I have a great deal to say, but we need to take a break. I'll keep wearing a mask if it keeps people from hugging me. <laughs> uh, mailbag looks great. I'll just assume that. Yeah, we got to get to all that other stuff. Our text line is 415-295-KFTC. There's a new cryptocurrency that that targets Elon Musk. I don't know what targets Elon Musk means. I didn't didn't know. I guess you guys talked yesterday about cryptocurrencies and stuff like that. I have some questions. I want to learn more about that. Yeah, I'm not sure I'll be able to answer them, but you can ask if you want. We can can all ask questions. Questions They're no bad questions. Questions are easy. Right. That's the easy end. Mailbag. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day again from C.S. Lewis. This is uh, one of my all-time faves. I love this one. You're going to love it, too. Jot it down. You have a pen ready? Okay, here we go. (laughs) We all want progress. But if you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. In that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive. That's interesting. Holy cow. La, la, la. What was the What was the year that one said? We all want progress. But if you're on the wrong road, progress means doing an about turn and walking back to the right road. In that case, the man who turns back soonest is the most progressive. So you had some progressive program that it turns out is not working. The most progressive thing you could do is to turn around and head back toward the thing that was working before. Exactly. And indeed, many programs are not only not effective, they are counter 
counterproductive. Hmm. They cause more harm than good. And actually, some of the great liberal lions of the 60s uh, were shouting that from the highest uh, towers in the early 70s. These social programs we created under uh, the great society, they're tearing apart the black American family. We need to stop. And nobody listened to them. But moving along. Uh, Jeff from North Carolina writes, uh, Joe, in contrast to your Major League Baseball experience, I went to a, a Tampa Bay Rays game, actually two of them. Uh, I went to a minor league game in Fayetteville, North Carolina, with the battle axe and four kids. That's a nice term. At most, 10% of people were wearing masks. We had a blast. <laughs> with uh, the battle axe. <laughs> um, the compliance at the, the major league game in like the concourse where people walk into their streets and stuff, uh, their seats was extremely high. But once people were in their seats, it was about 20%. And they, they had signs every half inning. Please wear a mask. Please wear a mask. And it was barely 20% compliance. And this is outside. Uh, no, actually, it was in an it's indoor inside. stadium. Okay. Although it's, you might as well be outside in an indoor stadium. They're so big. Hmm. I mean, the, the air doesn't just sit like it does, like in a, a room or a restaurant. But, uh, let's see. White supremacists everywhere. Boogity, boogity, boogity. White supremacists, the new boogity man for the left. It used to be the alt-right. Now it's the similar white supremacists. But we talked yesterday extensively, Jack, about the, uh, the Jeopardy contestant who allegedly flashed a white power symbol when it was just the number three because he'd won three times and how that became a gigantic poo storm. Mm. And he had to apologize. Uh, He apologized? uh, Yeah, he apologized for any confusion and issued a statement uh, against white supremacy. But anyway, Andy says, attached is a picture that should raise some eyebrows, and there's Jen Psaki. Given the okay sign, Uh-oh. white power. Wait, and look at her; she's very pale. Boogity boogity, white supremacist. Boogity boogity. Wow! So the Supreme Court takes up one of the biggest issues in America. We'll talk about that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. There's a new cryptocurrency aimed at hurting Elon Musk's feelings. Um, working working too many hours is killing more people than COVID every year, which is an interesting story we'll have to get into. I suggest we do two hours today and call it good. Uh, I do want to talk about... <laughs> to the, save our lives, man! <laughs> I do want to talk about the UFO story I'm sure you guys got into yesterday from uh, 60 Minutes on Sunday night. I'm, yeah. You know, I got, I, got, I got some things to say about that. Um, man commits suicide inside a courtroom after a guilty verdict. Boy, that's a heck of a story. Oh, anyway, more on the way with all those stories. Death penalty, as it turns out. So there have been a number of states, a number of uh, activist groups that have been hoping to pass a law in their state, which clearly is outside of or or, uh, contradicts Roe versus Wade. Uh, And interestingly, uh, one of the great arguments against the validity of Roe versus Wade, which essentially created a right to get an abortion, and short story long, the Supreme Court justices said that there's an unspoken right to privacy in the Bill of Rights, in the Constitution, and that should include uh, the privacy to make a medical decision without the government getting involved, uh, hence the the right to get an abortion. That is an extremely short um 
version of a complicated argument. Uh, but one of the great arguments against Roe versus Wade is that it removed a contentious question from the legislatures, from the people, and the people's right to express their will on it, because it's obviously a very controversial issue. People see it very, very differently. And there's something to be said for working it out. Everybody gets to express themselves, and then the legislature votes on it. And you can either live with the result in your state, or you can vote with your feet, but the people have a a, a huge role. They have the role in deciding what abortion laws are allowed in your state. Roe versus Wade removed that uh, from the people and just put it in the courts. And, uh, and, and there are a lot of people who think that was a bad move because it leaves people feeling unrepresented and, 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 uh, oppressed by the courts, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, for, uh, for years now, folks have been hoping to get another abortion case in front of the Supreme Court and especially now with a pretty conservative majority. And, uh, sure enough, there's a Mississippi law that the soups have agreed to take a look at. Uh, it would ban almost all abortions after 15 weeks of pregnancy, with narrow exceptions for medical emergencies or fetal abnormalities. Uh, the idea being after 15 weeks or so, the child, uh, the, is it a heartbeat thing? I don't, is it a, I can't remember if it's a heartbeat thing or a viability thing. Uh, but at any rate, uh, the soups the have said, yeah, we'll take a look at it. Bring it all. And there's a, a belief that they may indeed say, as I mentioned earlier, you know, Roe v. Wade is pretty thin legal reasoning. They made it up out of thin air. Uh, and so we think this would be a better standard or a better way to deal with abortion. Right. So, But the, the thing that a lot of people on the right of this issue need to understand is, or is the well, I guess both sides need to understand, if... The Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. Abortion doesn't automatically become illegal all across the country. Oh, no. No, in all your blue states, hell, it might get liberalized. Sure. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, there's that. Right. And it will be, uh, the, the arguments will be hyperbolic, fevered, extreme, and half true at best. Well, I, I'm, I'm, my guess is we're going to have plenty of time to get into the details of the Griswold ruling and everything else as we get closer to the uh, Supreme Court ruling on all this sort of stuff. Oh, who could forget old Griswold? It's going to be the uh, it's going to be the talk of the town, unless something else is going on in the world that's more important. Um, when, when we get close to that case, man, the soups actually issued a couple of rulings yesterday that I was just starting to read about. Um, Having to do with, uh, search and seizure and, uh, and taking away people's guns. This one guy, his, his wife calls the cops and says, I think my husband's going nuts. And, uh, they come over, uh, they say they're worried about your mental state. They take him to hospital for a mental evaluation and, and take all of his guns and ammo. And then he turns out to be fine. He said, I'm not nuts. I'm perfectly fine. I'm not suicidal. I don't know what she's talking about. And so they sent him back home, but he couldn't get his guns and ammo back till he sued the city for them. Oh, boy. Even though there was no arrest, there was no crime, there was nothing. It was just the the, the lady called the cops and said, hey, my husband's not acting right. Uh-huh. Um, for God knows what reason. Well, of the, <laughs> so the two big cases that the Supreme Court will take next year? I guess because they're going to wrap up here pretty soon. In June, they do their whole thing where they put out their uh, verdicts for this year and then head for the hills so you can't ask them any questions. So that's coming up here (laughs) in a few weeks. Uh, But so next October, they'll uh, give us an idea of the schedule. But if they're going to take up abortion and guns, 
I I feel like the biggest opportunity for serious change in this country is around the guns one. Because even if they overturn Roe versus Wade, the vast majority of the country is still going to have the same access to abortion that they've always had. But with the probably, gun, but with yeah. the guns thing, that could be a huge change depending on which direction that goes. I mean, because I'm using the extreme version of the abortion one. They overturn Roe versus Wade. That's been the big. Oh my God! Can you imagine if this happened hanging out there my whole adult life? If they overturn, well, they could overturn Roe versus Wade. Nothing changes that much in terms of getting an abortion. You'd still be able to. You might have to drive to a different state, but it's still going to happen. But if they decide the Second Amendment, you know, no, they didn't mean regular people could have a gun. That could be huge. No, oh. that change everything. Well, I, I, oh my God, that would be insane. I mean, just the practicalities of that would be absolutely insane. So all of a sudden, everybody's personal guns are illegal? No, that can't be. But they they would the, never rule that. If they went the other direction, if they decide, no, what the Founding Fathers meant is, if you, you know, as long as you're a law-abiding citizen, you get to own a gun. And including, you know, carrying it, in, uh, carrying it concealed in uh, public if you want to, if you're a law-abiding citizen. There's a certain number of people that will take advantage of that, but an awful lot of people, the majority of people that don't own guns or carry guns, it's not going to change them at all, I don't think. No. No, indeed. Uh, yeah, wow, that's a big one. Yeah. I can I can picture it going any one of several ways, but we'll just have to see. Sure. Of course, the soups, they're, they don't live in a like some sort of deep underwater tank where they're cut off from the news. They understand the effects of their rulings, and maybe they shouldn't consider them, but they do. They they try to avoid anything that will cause a magnitude eight point eight earthquake in society, if they can avoid it. So, um, working too many hours is killing more people than COVID, Joe. Oh no! Uh, working too many hours in a week is a massive health hazard that kills an estimated seven hundred forty five thousand people every year. They believe this seems very important to my life thesis that i'm uh, always working on and that is work sucks this is <laughs> this is from the always respected world health organization you realize you're at your job now Sean. <laughs> i'm sorry what's that <laughs> this is from the always respected who we all listen china to and trust everything they say who says compared to a standard work week of 35 to 40 hours working 55 hours or more in a week do you work 55 more or more hours in a week is associated with a 35% higher risk in having a stroke and a 17% higher risk in dying from heart disease. I could believe that. More than 70% of the deaths associated with long working hours are in middle-aged men and older. The researchers say the deaths often occurred later in life uh, than the period of overwork. Well, yeah, there are very few 23-year-olds who have a stroke because they're working 55 hours. The study also found, see, I always wonder about the... um, what is that book we liked that changed the way I look at all statistics? Uh, Freakonomics? Freakonomics, right. Yeah. The sort of person that works extra hours, do they have other uh, habits that would lead to them dying that aren't just the work? The right. study found that long hours can be deadly both from the body's direct reaction to stress and the unhealthy lifestyles, including tobacco use, unhealthy diets, and a lack of sleep and exercise that many who work too many hours tend to adopt. So people who work more hours tend to be more likely to smoke, to eat crappy food, and to not sleep as much. Right. They don't have their comfort in free time and recreation, so they take their comfort in substances, perhaps. Yeah. Or, you know, so, but I've known a number of people in my life, and I don't know how, as a percentage, anything, but I've known a number of people in my life that work way more hours than they would need to. Mm. They've got some sort of thing with working. 
that gives them, I don't know if it makes them feel more in control or they get pleasure from it or whatever. They don't need to work that many hours. They do. So they've almost got an addiction to the to, to their job. Sure. Yeah, it's a self-image thing. Maybe. So if that sort of person, you know, also has a tendency to smoke, drink, or eat bad food, maybe that's what's killing them. I don't right. know. Right. It's a personality type. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Not not just the, the working. You know, little D, my daughter Delaney, is in her first postgraduate pro gig, and it's kind of project-oriented work. Well, not kind of. It is. They do. They like do paper projects and like dioramas. No, not so much that. Dioramas. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, research and informational projects for clients. And make I, a diorama of the Taj Mahal. <laughs> <laughs> and have it to us by Friday. I gotta find a shoebox, Mom. Do we have any shoeboxes? I just throw them out. Oh, and and she's working extraordinary hours right now, and 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 reaching out to me and saying I'm tired, Dad. I'm still working. It's eight o'clock at night, you know. And I told her ah, you're developing your work muscles. This is how you get ahead. This is how you get success uh, until you decide they're just exploiting me. <laughs> but that's uh, I I mean, how many hours did you work your first gig or two in radio? Oh, um, 70, 80 hours a week regularly oh, yeah. for years. Oh yeah, me too. It was insane. Um. But I, I don't regret it. No, I don't either. It was and the bargain I struck. Young, it didn't. You know, it kept me from doing it. Was a, it kept me from doing other things. But in terms of like stressing out my heart or making it more likely to die, I don't think there was any of that going on. No, I'm quite certain I did not die during that period. <laughs> um, actually, I look back at it kind of fondly. It was a, it was a rite of passage. Yeah, if you will. Yeah. Thank you, Gladys, for the uh, the harp there. Just as we looked back fondly. <laughs> Of course, I got to admit, one of my duties at my very first radio gig was after I did the morning show, I had to do a bunch of commercial production stuff, and then I would sit in and I would run the board for Cubs games. So the three and a half hours of my workday included sitting on my ass listening to baseball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, I had to get in and out of commercial breaks and play the top of the hour ID, which sometimes I did. <laughs> yeah, I ran a lot of Kansas City Royals baseball in my early uh, my early radio career. Some, sometimes that double play sneaks up on you, and all of a sudden it's the end of an inning, and you got to sprint back to the control room. <laughs> right, right. You're just you're reading a magazine. The top of the hour comes. Oh shoot! Why was there silence and for that 15 one seconds? Is fouled off, and that is strike two. We'll pause now for stations down the line to. Uh, let you know where you're hearing this fine I'm f- baseball game. I'm flipping through Sports Illustrated. Oh. All of a sudden, I hear 10 seconds of just crowd noise. I'm, in the, think, oh. I'm in the bathroom when the guy says that. Have <laughs> yeah, you s- considered being good at your job? They got a speaker in the bathroom, and I just think, well, I'm going to miss this one, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? I hope that retroactively, I still can't be uh, contacted by the FCC. Hey, in 1986... <laughs> That'd At be the hilarious. top of the seventh inning, you missed a legal ID, and that's a $10,000 fine, my friend. Someday the feds bust in, drag Jack out of the studio in handcuffs. <laughs> All those Royals games. Goes to Leavenworth. You missed 137 legal IDs. <laughs> That's a felony. Because it's very important for listeners all around the middle of nowhere, Kansas, where I lived, uh, to know exactly where the tower was for their radio station. Well, it prevented the godless Soviets from broadcasting to us and subverting us with their propaganda. That's why we had to identify ourselves every hour. Officially. Um, uh, duh. Oh, we got the cryptocurrency thing, and um, which I want to ask about. 
I understand you guys uh, had a guest on about that yesterday. Which uh, I we did indeed. We had a, a really nice reporter on. We're going to talk. And you're to... now an expert on cryptocurrency. No, <laughs> no. Uh, also, hour three of the show, we're going to talk to Craig, the healthcare guru. He's got some great stuff that you're never going to hear in the the mainstream media, the the lefty media. Uh, that's hour three. If you can't be here, grab it via podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. People are feeling better emotionally, possibly, because 59% of Americans visited friends in the last week, which is the highest of the pandemic. Finally, Americans are seeing friends again instead of binging friends again. Mm, I get it. Yeah, I read the other day, uh, yesterday, about some somebody who hadn't hugged their grandkids in a year and a half or something. What's the job? You need better sources of information yeah, or well, something. That's tragic. We'll talk some COVID stats in hour two to kick it off. Uh, a lot of good ones, some, some really good numbers out of Texas, I'll tell you that. Anyway, um, a few things I want to bring up. Elon Musk backlash spawns new cryptocurrency that targets him directly. <laughs> Stopalon, a new cryptocurrency. That's stop Elon. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> that is hilarious. And you want to try to participate in the meme economy. Oh, that's hilarious, yeah. He really I, needs a guide. I do not understand the meme economy. Still he needs on. a helper. <laughs> Jeez, that's hilarious. Um, was created as a means of stopping Elon Musk from influence, not stopping him, stopping Elon Musk from influencing the volatile crypto market. So, so much of cryptocurrency is like, you know, what's kind of hot or what's a funny joke at the time or whatever. Yes. Um, so the meme economy, as Sean calls it. So maybe it'd be worth getting in on Stop Elon as everybody thinks, oh, it's hilarious. If you heard about Steve, Stop Elon, I bought a dollar. Next thing it's you up know. 13,000%. Yeah. And you know, you put in five bucks and now you got a yacht. Um, <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> that's how it worked most of the time, by the way. Most of the time. I didn't know till Sean mentioned to me, and I guess you learned this yesterday talking to a crypto expert, that there are a gazillion cryptocurrencies. I thought there were like three. No, there are thousands of them. 10,000? Is that what the reporter said? Uh, he, he said thousands. Uh, my, yeah. my kind of hyperbolic thing was it's only slightly harder to make a cryptocurrency than it is a website. Which is completely news to me. I didn't know that you could just on your own decide to do this if you're kind of smart and uh, no computers. I, I had no idea of this. Yeah, but there are some that have clearly floated to the top and oh, are absolutely. more reliable than others. Yeah, yeah. They are not all created equal. Stop Elon. I mean, is that better than screw Bill Gates or <laughs> to hell with Jeff Bezos or... I'd like to murder who's left. Or duck-sized horse coin or whatever. <laughs> Bro, put the duck back. I'd like to take a crap on Google coin. So they're talking about a ceasefire there in uh, Israel between Hamas and Israel. Uh, the, this is a, a statement from uh, Brigadier General, I can't pronounce his name, who's the chief spokesman for the IDF. That's the Israeli Defense Forces. Forces. Mm-hmm. Um he said, the IDF is not talking about a ceasefire. We are focused on the firing. That is his statement today. Oh, yeah. Uh, we are focused on the firing. Here's a good question for you. 
How big is the Gaza Strip, where all this stuff is being fired at them from in Israel? The Gaza Strip is a little over 20 miles long and about four miles wide. That's how big Mm. the whole thing is. The whole dang thing. I know there are a couple million people living in it. Two million people live there. High population density, yeah. But uh, not very big area. But, man, they're firing the rockets out of there. Thousands so far at Israel, including, you know, landing them in Tel Aviv, their former capital, uh, and regularly blasting people. So it's uh, it's on for now. We talked about this yesterday, the ploy by the Israelis announcing the ground invasion has begun, knowing that the Hamas fighters would would flock into the tunnels to get ready for the counterattack. Then they bombed the bejesus out of the tunnels. I think that was awesome. The way the media reported it, like uh, there was a crime to mislead people in a war, it was just it's weird to me. Well, maybe you should have gotten a second source, you weasels. Or, or even if you get a second source that says the same thing. That's just part of the whole game. Boy, you talk about something as old as humanity, as old as warfare. It's it's a head fake. There it's, are no head fakes allowed in war. That's a foul, says the naive idiots of the media. I assume this one's going to end like all the rest have. Both sides, are, or particularly the aggressors, the Hamas side, kind of decides, yeah, I don't think we're gaining anything here, and they stop for a while. And then it just stops. That's the way usually this happens. They just kind of stop. They kind of start, then they kind of stop. They peter out. Yeah. They peter out. You know what we need to play is the squad, uh, the various members of the squad speaking out for the, the Palestinians and against the, the evil, evil Israelis. Yeah, and I uh, got, saw a good uh, headline yesterday. I won't remember what it was. One of the major publications saying, you know, let's let's realize that this is basically Israel fighting Iran. I think if if it were couched that way, which is true, if it were couched that way more often, people would understand the story better or have a different view of it. It's basically Iran versus Israel. Are you are you telling me the mullahs and the Revolutionary Guard are willing to fire rockets out of a civilian area with their proxies Hamas uh, at the trigger and sacrifice all those civilians? You're telling me Iran would do that? Of course they would. Hamas is Iran, so it's Iran versus the Israel is what's happening there. Does it look the same way to you when you hear it that way? Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> 